Talent Talk Tuesdays is all about harnessing your God-given talents to live with greater clarity, purpose, and joy. You are wonderfully made, my friends. May all we do be for God's glory. Hello and welcome. I'm Lisa Maladnik, your host. And today on Talent Talk Tuesdays, I'm answering another question that tends to be in the hearts and minds of those seeking to hire a coach or become a coach. So the question in its essence is, how do we know if a coach is qualified? And what do we even mean by qualified? <laughs> in fact, didn't I just say last week that coaching is an unregulated profession? So are there any standards to measure a good coach by? In other words, how do we determine if a coach is well-trained, if she's held to any professional standards, if he's accountable to anyone? Do they actually know what they're doing? I have strong opinions on these questions, but I also want you to know that I'm committed to being humble and open to what God is doing in this emerging profession within the church in all its incredible variety. I strongly believe and stand for clear professional standards and I take a learner's attitude because if you'll bear with me, I'd like to explain why standards are important. I think we all know this, but I think it bears saying, but also why the church has its own wisdom that I want to absorb too as the profession develops within the church. I'm sure we're going to continue to be surprised by its amazing beauty, for instance. Okay. So first I'm sometimes asked about the Catholic coaching profession because I train Catholic coaches and I'm very blessed to run an international community of almost 240 Catholic coaches. Since 2021, I and a few colleagues who have been lately really helping a lot, uh, we've been offering Catholic coaches and coaching students and those who are discerning into the profession opportunities to come together to grow in our faith, belong to a Catholic family of coaches, and learn more about how they can thrive in their work. So if you're interested in learning more about that community, please feel free to write to me. As always, you can reach me at lisa at wonderfullymade139.com. But my point is that as of this recording in September 2023, we have almost 240 members around the world. And because of that, people sometimes ask me what developments and opportunities I'm seeing as a coach, coach trainer, and community leader within this exciting emerging field, especially within the Catholic Church. So I'd like to share my views today, just as my opinions, but it's important to give you some historical perspective first. And that perspective is quite interesting, at least I find it fascinating. So to start, in about the 1990s, when coaching was really emerging and really exploding as a profession all over the corporate world, executives and elite leaders in business and academia who were receiving coaching and experiencing exponential professional growth, greater achievement, accelerated advancement, a clearer vision for themselves as leaders, they started to catch a new vision for what was possible through coaching, not just in their careers, but even in their marriages and families, ministries and beyond, in their health and their spiritual lives and in their ability to go deep into their life's purpose and mission, creating balance, clarifying priorities, living better. So out of executive and leadership coaching evolved life coaching. It really just covers the gamut of anything, any place in your life where you want to grow and get unstuck and live more fully. And so the profession ignited in all directions, expanding around the world, moving into these other vital human realms and creating even more transformation. 
and coaches stepped forward who specialized in each of these areas, helping people to thrive like never before. But, of course, along with great work, there was shabby work, unprofessional work, unethical behavior, and the like. Coaching was then and is now unregulated. I personally prefer it that way because it keeps government regulations from stifling our growth or setting geographical boundaries. We're not on a medical model like therapy or counseling, so there's no reason to restrict us on who we can serve and where they might be. So I really like that we are unregulated for that reason. And the ICF, the International Coaching Federation, has fought for decades to define coaching clearly as not being on a medical model, but being about learning and growth to keep us free from regulation in courts around the world, but especially in the United States. So as I said, it's unregulated. It's a bit of a wild west. And, and also, we live in a fallen world. So coaches, it turns out, just like in every, any other profession, we're a mixed bag. You know, we're human, we're sinners. And the bad ones can hurt the prospects and reputations of the good ones. In fact, they can hurt the reputation of the whole industry. And that's a big problem for coaches. It's also a big problem for clients and very confusing for them. So as coaching matured over the years, professional coaches who were committed to doing excellent work collectively demanded the establishment of professional guidelines. They wanted ethical standards, best practices, clearly defined core competencies, community, ongoing research in the field, and voluntary accountability, all to help the profession grow and help even more people change their lives. Coaches wanted well-crafted training that would allow talented, ethical people to enter the profession confident in their skills, and to be able to be part of a community that helped them to connect, grow, and thrive. We all need help, and they wanted to organize too, in some sense. So several organizations started popping up in the 1990s that wanted to set those standards. And some of them were very good. But over time, one in particular rose to the top, the International Coaching Federation, the ICF. And it has stayed at the top. The ICF is recognized globally as the gold standard for the profession. It has admirably and consistently set the bar for the very best of ethical and skillful practice in life coaching and leadership coaching. Because the ICF's work is so consistently excellent, many corporations, colleges, and universities around the world require a credential from the ICF. You can't even get in the door as a coach without it. So those companies and schools want to know that you're trained at the highest level, and that means that you're in alignment, so you're approved by the ICF, or they don't want to talk to you. They really don't want anyone who's not being held to those, voluntarily being held to those standards and training, okay? So the marketplace responded, and ICF-aligned trainings started proliferating. So the ICF then started partnering with all these schools that were popping up and communicating those guidelines and allowing them to, to um, train people and then apply those credits for certification. So that started to spread. And now anyone could get trained at the highest professional standards. And that was a big win for our profession. So now along about the year 2000, one of my greatest coaching heroes, Christopher McCluskey came along. He'd been a very successful Christian therapist for many years and then he transitioned to coaching in the 1990s. So Chris quickly became an elite coach, very successful at working with business leaders and executives. So by the start of 2000, he was already training other coaches on the ICF model. 
because his faith was central to his life and work, he also pioneered the next iteration. Just hear that desire for even greater excellence. He took our profession to the next level up when he launched his school, the Professional Christian Coaching Institute, PCCI. And that was over 20 years ago, but he combined the amazing principles and ethics and research of ICF training with biblical principles. As a visionary leader, Chris could see the potential in the superb work of the ICF, especially if taken to the next level through our faith. So he started designing ICF-aligned coach training that to this day helps professional coaches to do skillful work at the highest professional levels while honoring God. Even if they worked in secular environments that never mentioned the name of God and helped the profession to level up even higher. For this reason, Chris McCluskey is known around the world as the father of Christian coaching. He's an inspiring, pioneering leader in our field, so he gets asked to speak at all the conferences and he's globally respected. And I believe all Catholic coaches should know this because Chris McCluskey paved the way for us to do great work that honors God. And now we get to take this great profession to the next level and Catholicize it. And that's what's happening. Again, because of Chris and his vision for the future. Here are the particulars. At his invitation two years ago, I came on board as a faculty member at PCCI. It's where I trained as a life coach. So I love the place and I was and I am deeply honored to be a part of that staff. PCCI is the biggest and the best of the ICF aligned Christian schools because it was the first and because Chris is always raising the standards. At PCCI, the most rigorous professional standards are taught in ways that are rich in Christian wisdom, virtue, and love. And I get to teach the flagship course, The Essentials of Life Coaching at PCCI, for Catholics specifically. My co-instructor is a wonderful young coach, Gary Roney, and so together we teach cohorts privately of just Catholic students. It's a huge honor for us, and I'm telling you all this for a reason. Remember that I said I run an international community for Catholic coaches that's growing all the time. But why that's important is that these people in the community that are just coming to me from all over are incredible. I've interviewed almost all of them personally at length, and they love the church, and they love Our Lady, and they desire to do work that renews the church and the marketplace and calls out the best in the people, the members of the body of Christ. And that's why I have, and I will keep saying, because I believe this, that this rise of the Catholic coaching movement is one of many parts, but is part of the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Here's some more evidence. When we surveyed our members anonymously about what they wanted most out of our community, the number one priority was help to grow in holiness. Second was belonging. Third was professional support and development. Number one was the desire to grow in holiness. I'm so touched by that. Again, please reach out to me at lisa at wonderfullymade139.com if you're interested in joining us. That's just, you can hit reply on the email if you're a subscriber or you can go to my website. But these folks in this community are fantastic. So here's the problem and the opportunity that this community uh, kind of offers to us. Uh, as a as a church. Coaching, as I said, is kind of like the Wild West. It's unregulated and no one is required to get ICF trained. In fact, I'll be honest, not all coaches need to be. 
For example, if you're a functional nutrition coach, which has its own specialized certification process, right? Or one of the other more teaching-oriented coaching professions, um, maybe you help prepare kids for college admissions and there's a lot of teaching involved and handholding, right? So your credentials and your, your professional experience are going to be fitted into that unique niche. Not everybody is a life coach specifically or a leadership coach, even though there's a ton of variety within those two headings. Your credentials will be unique to your niche. Um, okay, so, but I will say this, and I think this is really important. As much as I sincerely want to be humble and learn from other coaches, from all sorts of other disciplines and backgrounds as this field develops, because coaches emerge within their own professions often and within unique life experiences that allow them to help others. You know, their own experiences then teach them a lot that they can then help others through those things, whether it's having a special needs child or going through a tragedy or having ADHD or something like that. Like a lot of coaching does emerge out of that kind of learned wisdom. Um, so because of that, I do believe that our profession, especially within the church, should seek to build on the great work of the ICF. I'm not confining or limiting anything by recognizing the need for standards, if you know what I mean. So uh, as I'll start to wrap up, I'm going to cite the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and I think this is a really important distinction. When we think about having standards across a whole profession that's as varied as coaching is, we got to think about it this way, in my opinion. Okay, so paragraph 2275 of the Catechism tells us that God made our souls unique and unrepeatable. Nobody like you ever before and never will be again, right? So that means every coach and every coaching practice is also meant to be as unique as our fingerprints. And I want to honor that mystery and invite everyone listening to prayerfully allow the Lord to strike your heart with awe at how he uniquely desires to speak and act through you, through your work, your calling, whether you're a coach or a homeschooler, a teacher, a laborer, an artist, your talents and charisms have been created to touch the lives of others like no other soul on earth ever has or ever will. But to do all that, we all still need standards to live by. You see the two side by side? It's one of those beautiful paradoxes, uniqueness and standards. And so even though coaches are trained in many different ways around the world and emerge through different callings and pathways and life experiences, I believe the very best of coaching, even if it's not officially credentialed with the ICF, should be ICF aware at its foundations. I believe this very firmly. I, I really believe it can only help every coach in every niche to go much more deeply into their client's authentic being and help them to find their own solutions as much as possible so that they're empowering others and calling out the best in them. I think that's part of what coaching is most useful for, okay? And I believe coaches should have some basic ICF skills training. And then as Catholics, we should build on those standards uniquely. Catholics can easily appreciate this need for a life-giving framework, right? Not something restrictive, but life-giving. We might reference the Ten Commandments for starters. God has been giving us guidelines for a long time, and those life-giving laws set us free to be the people we are called and created to be in great joy and peace. Or look at the infinite creativity displayed throughout the universe. I talk about this a lot, I know, where God breathed out the stars and planets in a dazzling array of power and beauty. And yet, it is all governed by his laws, which bring order to it all. 
Another example of being different and the same or being held to standards would be the huge variety of our canonized saints and the many different ways they served God and exemplified holiness. They were priests and religious, scholars, laborers, moms and dads, kids, artists, soldiers, and so on. Yet there was a remarkable sameness to their Catholic faith. One body, many parts, one goal, heaven. Through many spiritual paths and charisms, think of Franciscans, Benedictines, Carmelites, Dominicans, and so on. One faith, one Lord, one God and Father of all. We are the body of Christ. There's that unity. And each member is unique and unrepeatable. But because coaching is an unregulated field, and anyone can call themselves a coach, truly, coaching out there, legally speaking, is anything we say it is if we don't align ourselves with something stable and good. In fact, coaching is not just anything we say it is, it's anything anyone says it is, literally. There's no regulation at all. So no matter how unethical or new age or, you know, or suspect in any way, any unethical behaviors or intentions, however well-meaning they are, it's whatever. You see the problem. There's so much good being done, but we need something. We need a lighthouse. We need a place to begin. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23 to 24, St. Paul wrote, May the God of peace make you perfect in holiness. May he preserve you whole and entire, spirit, soul, and body, irreproachable at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hear that excellence. Hear that desire to always be preparing to meet the Lord. But would you agree we cannot operate within a profession irreproachably without establishing any standards to judge by? We coaches must show the church that coaching can be both holy and irreproachable. But if we're pioneers in an unregulated field, we have to be like missionaries, kind of like Christopher McCluskey, finding in our profession what is already inherently good and then baptizing it and elevating it for God's glory and honor, taking the good and making it better. Just the way other Catholic professionals do, teachers, doctors, business leaders, people of faith, they draw out the best of what they do professionally, but, but by living their Catholic faith inside those standards of their professions and then going beyond those standards to reach even higher. And I highly recommend to all Catholic coaches and those in training or discerning a possible call to coach that we start with the beautiful and pioneering work of the ICF. Their work aligns powerfully with our understanding of the dignity of the human person and the highest standards of ethical practice. And it's very easy to Catholicize. We're having a ball in our Catholic classes. And while you can find good coaches who have never heard of the ICF, I believe that in the long run, Coaches who desire to operate at the highest standards will rise to the top and do the best work. So for those of you considering hiring an ICF-aligned coach, look for these letters after their name. ACC, that's um, Associate Certified Coach, ACC. PCC, Professional Certified Coach. Or MCC, Master Certified Coach. Those are ICF designations. Those are the three levels that you can be certified at over time, depending on how much training and how many hours of coaching and passing certain hurdles for the ICF. It requires excellence. 
Okay, or if they're in training, their byline or email signature or their biography on their website might say ICF trained. That's also legitimate. It means they're not yet certified, but they're receiving ICF aligned training. Okay, so that's a great sign of a desire for professional standards that they care about it. They want to be held accountable. And as I've said, health coaches and certain other niches have their own legitimate certifications. So look carefully at their websites and make sure they're not doing anything new age or out of alignment with your values. That would be my general advice. But if you're intrigued by a coach out there and it looks like they're well-trained and, and they align with your faith or, or at least with your values so that you know that you're not in conflict, book a call with them. See if they're a good fit with your personality and your goals. We all offer exploratory calls for no, at no charge. So see if you get a strong sense of whether or not you're clicking with that coach and whether they seem well-informed, respectful of your individuality, and prepared to serve you, not their own agenda. If they're trying to force you into a model, push you into a program that's, that, you know, try to fit you into them rather than learning to coach you as an individual, that's a, a red flag. That's not necessarily legitimate coaching. It might be some kind of training that might be valuable to you, but it's not coaching, okay? I hope that helps. Again, reach out to me with questions about Catholic coaching, training, community, or anything else that I can help you with. You are wonderfully made, my friends. I'm praying for you. Please pray for me too. God bless you.